Welcome to The Calm Down, a mini-episode of American Hysteria coming every other week. Today we're following up on last week's show about the Illuminati. My guest is Mark Gunnery, a queer Jewish journalist who produces the Kojo Namdi show on WAMU, Washington, D.C.'s NPR station. He's currently working on an upcoming podcast series about Shabti Svi, a 17th century false messiah who changed the course of Jewish history. We'll talk about the Jewish Illuminati conspiracy theories and where they come from, and then scratch the surface of the upcoming episodes on the satanic panic of the 1980s. We've already covered the panic, so now here's the calm down. I'm talking to my friend Mark Gunnery today, and Mark and I know each other from living in Bellingham back when I was an undergrad at the at Western Washington University, and we used to play music together. Um, and what what kind of music would you say that we played back then, Mark? Uh, well, I think people called it folk punk, and it was you know kind of weirdo folk. Yeah, freak folk. We were freak a little folk. bit on the on the political side, maybe <laughs> yeah, a little totally. bit too. Um, and uh, Mark is a Jewish journalist, and I wanted to talk to him today a little bit about the Illuminati episode. As if if you haven't listened to it, please go listen to it. It's very much about sort of the dark underbelly of the story of a group of people controlling the world, and how that story has often been about a Jewish group controlling the world, and and the complications that that has caused in our culture. So the first thing I want to ask you, Mark is just to give me your kind of experience listening to the episode that I made about the Illuminati. And then if we could kind of go back even further through your specialty and the work that you've been doing on your own podcast to kind of talk about Jewish conspiracy theories throughout time, not just in the United States. Yeah, I mean, listening to your podcast, it I had a similar way of learning um, about conspiracy theories, um, especially the Illuminati through that documentary. Um, what was it called? Uh, Zeitgeist. Yeah, through the documentary Zeitgeist, because there was just stickers all over the place that said Zeitgeist.com or whatever. So I remember I'd, I'd watched it. And that might have been my first kind of real deep dive into conspiracy theory. But I remember also reading um, David Ick and, you know, just being kind of listening to your podcast took me back to being really open minded to a lot of different kind of like spiritual ideas and political ideas and being exposed to a lot of really weird stuff mixed up in there. So, you know, I, uh, you talked about going to this festival and kind of meeting some freaky people who were telling, who were sharing like this kind of secret knowledge. I feel like I was exposed to a lot of that, both in kind of like hippie punk, like weirdo traveler, kind of like hobo scenes, you know? Um, so that really rang true. And, and what also really hit me was the recognition of some of the more conspiratorial politics within Occupy, because this is something that always kind of got to me during Occupy, but I couldn't really express what bothered me at the time. But I feel like there was a a kind of strain of thought within the Occupy movement that 
bordered on this anti-Semitic kind of Illuminati type of theory. So, um, yeah, listening listening to the episode really rang true. How did the, um, when you started to kind of have that same experience that I did, where you suddenly were, were stepping back and saying, huh, like I'm starting to notice these these anti-Semitic things, which I'm sure you were more attuned to than I was because it was just so outside of my my world. Um, but what, what what was that like for you? Yeah, so I mean, so I had a different experience from you because I went to Jewish elementary school, middle school, and high school. And one of the things that we learned about, I think in high school, was the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. So when I started to hear some of these conspiracy theories, even when they weren't explicitly naming Jews, I kind of had my ears trained to 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 hear that, to hear the the subtext there. Like looking back now, I'm worried. I mean, there's nothing I can do about it except for write it by making a podcast about it. But I'm like, what did I say that that I didn't realize what I was saying? Right? That like I said, I never had in mind the like the idea of a Jewish cabal, but I'm sure that I said words like globalist, things like that, that that have these connotations I didn't know about. And that itself is just the way that language becomes coded is really fascinating and really, really scary to me. Yeah. And e- even the word cabal, I mean, that that's rooted in uh, that's from a Hebrew word, uh, Kabbalah, which um, I'm not sure the exact. Oh, I never even thought of that. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure the exact uh, word. I think it might mean secret or um, hidden or something. But Kabbalah is the Jewish mysticism, Jewish school of mysticism, and and yeah. So it's interesting. Even the language that, that we use to to refer to this that 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 we think of as kind of like neutral isn't necessarily. So something that you captured in the podcast was how easy it is to be in a world where a relatively small amount of money, how easy it is to be in a world where a relatively small group of people have a whole lot of money and a whole lot of power and a whole lot of resources. And I think that one of the, one of the slippery slopes with conspiracy theories and with anti-Semitism and with Illuminati or lizard people thinking is when there is this both racial and like spiritual religious aspect that gets thrown in there. Which is like Nesta Webster that we talked about. Yes. Right. And like what, who would be before that? Helena Blavatsky? Is she, she was kind of like the Aryan occultist, right? That I think yeah. I've heard that Hitler got, at least like those around Hitler gained some of that, that kind of spiritual, weird, occultic stuff that they mixed in. So does that have any connection to, you had mentioned to me before about the idea of the reptilian alien as perhaps some kind of an allusion to the serpent of the Garden of Eden? Yeah, totally. So there's one strain of thought that is common with some like white supremacist Christians today that the that the serpent reproduced with I don't remember if it was Lilith 
the original woman or Eve? Yeah, but, Lilith is the first yeah. is the original one that's only really in 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 Jude, Judaic folk stories and yeah. a little bit in some of like the extra texts that were written later. So 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 there's this idea that the serpent reproduced with with um, someone and that those um, that their children became the Jews and that Jews are related to satan and therefore related to to reptiles so you see especially in the in the medieval times you'll see a lot of representations of um jews as kind of serpentine and fast forward to 20th 21st century with david ick who has this rehash of the this very old kind of Protocols of Elders of Zion, Illuminati type of idea, but puts this whole spin on it with like lizards and reptilians. And to me, looking at that, that's that just kind of feels very transparent to me. Well, and it's interesting because at that part in the episode that I made, it was more like that's when things start to get obscured, right? But really, you're just saying that it's yet another... Um, a yet another, I don't know, dog whistle in a way, maybe like something like that, some kind of uh, way to communicate these very old ideas. Also, I know that you had talked about that there was some kind of connection that I don't know about to uh, Jewish communities and the Freemasons, who were, of course, the other very uh, commonly assumed to be uh, membership in the Illuminati, right? So what what's that connection? I'm working on a podcast right now about a really interesting moment in Jewish history when in the 17th century in the Ottoman Empire, there was a rabbi named Shabtai Svi who declared himself to be the Messiah. And he did a lot of things that led later scholars to believe that he had bipolar disorder. So he'd have these moments of of real manic sureness in his mission. And in those, and in those moments he would do things that profoundly offended a lot of people around him. So he would call women to read from the Torah or he would, he did a wedding ceremony with himself and uh, a Torah and he um, pushed around a fish in a, and a baby's wait what are those things called like a stroller a pram yeah. a pram maybe yeah. Yeah. yeah he pushed a he pushed a fish around in a stroller wait was this fish to, alive or was this fish like a dead fish corpse the fish was a dead fish corpse okay. and it was it was to say that the piscean age of the messiah had arrived and this is around 1665 and then 1666 He's arrested by the Ottoman authorities. He's given the choice to convert to Islam or die, and he converts to Islam. So a lot of people within the Jewish community um, stop believing in him and don't believe that he was ever the Messiah. But then another group of people keep believing in him and say, oh, we're going to convert to Islam too. But they maintain kind of secretive um, practices and were not exactly normal Muslims. So fast forward to the 18th century, where in Eastern Europe, um, another Sabbatian Messiah figure, Jacob Frank, arose and 
had a major split with the Jewish community where he turned to the Catholic Polish authorities for help and said, look, I'm being like hounded by, by the rabbis and um, I want to have like a public disputation with them about the validity of the Talmud and about the fact that Jews are drinking Christian blood and are making matzah from Christian blood. So that is like not true, um, but he he argued it, and and this is a very old um, Christian myth that Jews around Passover to celebrate the killing of Jesus will sacrifice Jewish um, Christian children to make matzah. So he argued that this was so, and he um, ended up being excommunicated from the Jewish community with his followers and his followers converted to Catholicism. So, so anyway, this is a time in Europe where secret societies are becoming more popular. And, um, so these are like Masonic lodges, for example. Um, and there were connections with, uh, the Frankists and, um, and there were also Jews involved in Masonic lodges. And one of the interesting things about the Freemasons at this time, um, this is not true for every Masonic order or lodge, but in some of them, they were the only places where Jews and Christians and in the Ottoman Empire, um, Muslims and Christians and Jews could be interacting as equals and um a lot of these masonic lodges were kind of putting forward the ideas of the enlightenment and during a time when religion was still really at the forefront of public life they were offering something sort of sort of beyond religion but which also referenced uh, religious rights. You ever notice how finding time and energy to do the most basic human necessity, eat literal food, has become just another exhausting task jammed into our increasingly inhuman schedules? Well, your spring can be a little more stress-free with Factor. Factor will provide you with delicious, never-frozen, ready-to-eat gourmet meals that are chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready-to-eat in just two minutes. Each week, you get to choose from a menu of 35 options to create your perfect breakfast, lunch, or dinner with absolutely no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. And Factor makes sure you get exactly what you want. You can tailor deliveries to your schedule and customize how many meals you want each and every week, and you can pause anytime. So just head to factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 and use code American and Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code American Hysteria 50 at factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Check out Factor today. Thank you for that sum up. That was, uh, that really actually make, makes 
my understanding of things make a lot more sense, too, because I had to focus more on the United States, obviously, but getting that history really helps. Uh, I like to do the little couple things that were left out from the episodes. In uh, 1969, there was this group that was just a kind of a, a tiny, tiny little counterculture, and they were... Um, they were passing around this zine that they had made, and it was called the Principia Discordia. Have you ever heard of this? Uh, no. And so this guy named Cary Thornley, um, he led this little collective of anarchist thinkers. And the book was like – this book that he made, the Principia Discordia, was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek parody of of organized religion. And they created this thing called Discordianism. And it was a fake religion that revolved around the worship of the goddess of chaos. And they they were like, you know, they were fed up with what they saw in the late 60s as like an authoritarian control of the state. And they thought that through sharing, and this is like very, <laughs> this is very, um, pertinent to today. They thought about by share they thought that by sharing a bunch of hoax kind of fake news information, they could encourage people to kind of question their own reality. And so they did this by uh Carrie, as I mentioned before, was friends with this guy named Robert Anton Wilson who was one of the editors at Playboy. And what they started doing was forging these letters and sending them into Playboy magazine as as like conspiracy theorists writing these different variations on the Illuminati conspiracy and like sharing information that totally conflicted. And what they hoped is like seeing these different people argue over this ridiculous story would then encourage people to question other types of realities, like what the media tells them, what the government tells them, you know, to look out for propaganda and stuff like that. But instead of that, everybody just believed in the Illuminati. <laughs> so, like, it just didn't, the, it had no effect other than to popularize this idea. And then it was um, one of those men, Robert Anton Wilson, who went on to make uh, a ton of money from making an Illuminati card game. I don't know if you've ever seen them. It, they were like, I think they started in the 70s or 80s. And you can still get them to this day. And conspiracy theorists totally believe that it was the Illuminati making them to sort of mock us all. And and and, and this is interesting because I th this really reveals how fiction inspires this this conspiracy theory thinking because you know dan brown's books totally. too have had a big impact on this and then leading into sort of works of writing and how they've influenced us um the next episodes as i've told you that i'm working on are a, a two-part episode about the satanic panic that happened in the 80s and 90s which is absolutely baffling um but I thought that you could kind of give us an idea of just the differences between Satan of the Old Testament of the Talmud or just the Jewish tradition versus the Christian devil that we have today that was found in the New Testament. Uh, Satan or um, Satan in Hebrew shows up a, a couple times in the Old Testament, um, most Dramatically, in in the book of Job, in the beginning of of that book, you see Satan and God in a dialogue where they're talking about where Satan says, "Who who is the person that you think is is the best, um, best most righteous man in the world?" And God says, "Job." 
And he said, well, what, what do you think um, if you would torture Job and have members of his family die and he should lose everything? Like, shouldn't you really like test him and, and see if, if he turns against you? And then God goes on to do that. And Job doesn't really turn against him, but at a certain point says, says something that really upsets God. And then God comes through and does this long monologue that also involves <laughs> lizards of, of, well, sea monsters. He is like, wasn't I the one who slayed the Leviathan? Um, and then at the end, um, Job, remains faithful to God. And um, so in that story, it's Satan is not evil. Satan is challenging God. And Satan is like, within Judaism, is kind of thought of as like a questioner of God and someone who pushes God. Um, But he's not evil. And there's, there's, there's no idea that he was an angel who was drawn, who was kicked out of heaven and starts hell. Um, and the whole notion of the afterlife in Judaism is really complicated too. Um, and there's not this idea that there is like a hell that you spent eternity in. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of what we think of, as um, Satan is really influenced by Christian theology. That's uh, how we're going to be talking about Satan, definitely, at least for part one of the two-part series. He is the adversary. So thank you so much for sharing all of your expertise, Mark. I'm really, really, really looking forward to your podcast. Does it have a name yet? It doesn't, but it should be out in the summer. So keep an eye out for it. From Skylark, this was American Hysteria's The Calm Down. This week, my guest was Mark Gunnery. I'm your host, Chelsea Weber-Smith, and this episode was produced by Clear Camo Studios. Join me next week for a new episode of American Hysteria, part one of Satanic Panic. Thanks for listening. Friends, hello. I'm Mike Rignetta, the host of Never Post, a new and independent news podcast about and for the internet. In addition to bringing you the latest in current events, we try to figure out why the internet and the world because of the internet is the way it is. How did influencers destroy tween fashion? What is posting disease and how do you ensure you don't catch it? From what device must one send important emails? We talk about what's going on online and ask together why. Why are we like this? Find Never Post wherever you get your podcasts.